0: Welcome to the PPUK podcast
1: this evening Exodus Hi guys and welcome to the PPUK podcast uh Today we'll be doing one that is very near and dear to my heart. It's going to be Exodus. So with us on this is as usual is Lee. Hi. And hey folks. Happy Leah? New Year. Happy New
2: Year. <laughs> Hi. Happy New Year.
1: <laughs> and Paddy. Hello,
3: happy new year, that.
0: Now it just sounds really bad because I said Happy New Year, but you didn't, Lee. So now everyone then did. So now you sound like a horrible person, don't you? I
3: do sound like a horrible person, but hey, I've been counting down the days to this.
1: Oh, hey, <laughs> what a recovery. What a recovery. Nice. Okay, so with this one, I'm going to go around and just ask people's initial reactions when this came out, what, they, what their initial reactions were to this one, uh, coming out because this was an album that just kind of came out of the blue for most people and i'm gonna go with paddy first oh no start well no not start on a downer but
4: okay uh, that's
0: usually that's usually my job paddy so you're welcome <laughs>
4: okay okay so um i didn't i never fell out with prince but when i got into prince um i absorbed the 80s heavily and lived it and some of the 90s stuff i struggled with a bit more over the years i've become a lot more fond of post 80s stuff now exodus um came at time was it between endorphin machine income i um, uh, sorry gold experience income i can't remember but it um i <laughs> this didn't hit the spot for me at the time i wasn't massively interested The I think it took me a bit longer to get into the sort of holistic sound of the MPG, an MPG album with tracks that sounded leaning more into just grooves and jams, perhaps, than uh, or at least as much as proper sort of song orchestration and what have you. So, for me, at first, when it came out, it what I wasn't that into it, with the exception of Get Wild, which was kick ass from day one, Uh, and I did have that on an old cassette. Uh, various tape with uh, really mad stuff like Jane's Addiction, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Sisters of Mercy, and then this Prince track called "Get Wild." But um, at the time, no, not not massively into it. That has changed a little bit over the years, though. It's not one of my most frequent to listen to.
1: Okay, so Leah,
2: um, I don't have an initial reaction to this one because I wasn't born. <laughs>
0: i yeah.
2: no, <laughs> Actually, what year is this? Let me
1: 95.
2: March 95. Yeah, I I, I was minus three. Um, <laughs> no, minus two. I was minus two. Oh,
4: three minus three. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you you simply have no right to be that young, yes, so. Leah.
2: <laughs> How dare I? Um yeah, so I was minus two. Um, when you, when you
0: were minus two, what did you think you might think of Exodus when you first heard it? <laughs>
3: The, uh... hey, all I'm going to say is return of the bump squad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Lee's on form. Yeah. Yeah, Miss I'm Julie.
2: Full.
0: <laughs> Lee's a happy chappy. Mm.
2: This was an album that it took me a really long time to be introduced to because, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, my dad was an 80s person. So growing up, I was kind of unaware of a lot of the 90s stuff, unless it was the hits that kind of came out throughout the period. So Exodus was an album that I really found on my own and actually in the grand scheme of things. It was an album that I found really late on in my Prince life, quotation fingers, Um, so I probably, as a total of an album, wasn't even aware of it as an album until I was like 14, 15, which was really late for me um, because I already knew so much of the catalogue. And it was weird because I knew so many of the songs, but they were from downloaded bootlegs. So I knew like weird, obscure versions of the songs. And I was like, oh, wait, these are released. These are out there on like an album. Um, so my first impressions of it were hearing it in this new context as a whole package, which I do have some comments on, which I'll save for later. Um, but this album for me has some of my favourite Prince music of all time, but it's not all incredibly positive, but it does have a lot of my favourite Prince music of all time on.
4: I just love the fact that you said, oh, I, I came to this a lot later. I was ooh, 14,
1: 15. yeah. <laughs>
2: I was, like, dressed as Prince by age eight, so.
1: (laughs) That is, however, 16 years after it came out, so. (laughs) My brain hurts with this mess. Okay, let's go with Andy. What was your initial reaction to this one?
0: I think I pretty much overlooked it at the time. Any regular listeners to this podcast will know that me and Paddy are broadly on the same page when it comes to eighties and then falling off, like, really checking out things in great detail in the 90s and then I think um, pretty much what Paddy said over time uh, we didn't even know each other till about a year or so ago but obviously um, like many 80s prince heads I think over time we've come back and found ourselves re-evaluating post-80s and appreciating things we didn't I think at the time I probably I, I, I vaguely remember seeing Princess Torah Torah on top of the pops and thinking, yeah, he can toss that stuff off in his sleep. Um, I may not have even listened to it for a few years. When I actually did, and I've got what may be a false memory. This will hurt you, Chopin. I've got a, it might be a false memory of actually finding it on vinyl at some point. Oh, okay. and I cut. maybe I'm kidding myself and it was CD but a few years after it was actually released because I don't know what's happened to that if I do have that vinyl somewhere but um, a few years after it was released I picked it up on vinyl or CD maybe and I gave gave it a listen and was actually there was one song in particular I'll, I'll wait on this that actually blew me away and I think is up there in his top five things he did in the nineties. There's a few other things, listening to it again for this podcast made me appreciate it. And it's a problematic album for reasons we'll talk about. I will say that I've always had a casual relationship with it. I've always liked the idea of the album more than I've liked the album itself. And these days, those two things have meshed a bit more. and. I really appreciate how loose, playful, jammy and garish it is compared to a lot of his looking for more of a serious, less fun time on other uh, other releases of the time. I think the front cover is a really good representation of the album. It's messy, it's sprawly, it's lurid and it really be-
1: suits the big
0: splash of mess that he made on this album. And I'm a fan basically these days
1: yeah okay with that one let's go on to lee what was your initial reaction if you know me you know
3: how much i love this album um so obviously i saw him live in 95 and we got the tape sampler set and i was uh i went to see him uh, and we went up by coach and obviously we all got the sample sets at the end and we listened in the on the coach to the sample set and obviously had Get Wild on there and everything like that and everyone thought it was like the whole album and everything and it was just all these mini samples so you had all these samples and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah and then it was like, oh like the song had like finished it was only like, after a few seconds uh, and then when the album came out it was, I played this non-stop it is... A black sportation psychedelic opera is my best way of describing it, um, and it reminds me very much of the Symbol album with the segways. It's an album that you have to listen all the way through because you want it, it's a story, you know, the adventures of Sunny T in some ways, and it's a it's a mixture of so many things: comedy, racism, religion, you know. There's elements of sci-fi on there. It, it's just, as Andy said, it's a, it's a whole splash of different things. Uh, but I absolutely love this album. It's It's one of my favorites and I literally broke the tape playing it so much.
0: All righty, I'm gonna be the the host for a moment and say, let's go to Chopin. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm predicting some uh, quite a lot of thumbs up here.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think Lee is kind of going to be the tiebreaker on this album because it's going to be like you know, like Annie and Paddy will have kind of approach it from a certain angle, and me and Lee will approach it from another. And Lee is, uh, Lee is in the
4: middle uh, in her yeah, nappy it's be nappy, very
1: What kind of, you know, that's a kind of really interesting thing to not be around when it uh, came out, because I think that colours your perception.
2: Yeah, Team team Canada.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, the first time I ever listened to the album start to finish was in the NPG store. Like, so that colours it as well, because it was a very immersive, magical experience. I just remember um, there was lots of stuff about, you know, like, come and the black album had just been released like kind of the you know in the previous year or so and it was really interesting to i was just watching the chart show on itv uh and all of a sudden they had a video for a new power generation song get wild and i was just like quick quick find a blank vhs and i think i taped over some other program to get it um and I was just like, "This song is amazing. This song is amazing. I get the single. It's amazing." So when, but when I went to the MPG store and was listening, sitting there listening to the whole album, start to finish, I was blown away. I mean, it was a real. Ch- I...
0: Remind me, Chopin. What is the album that got you into Prince? Diamonds and Pearls. Right, I mean, but the, but, but the I... one
1: that the one that tipped you over was Symbol, correct? Yeah, because I got into Diamonds and Pearls. Uh, when thunder came out, which is yeah. the last single, so like I was still absorbing diamonds and pearls when symbol came along. So it was just like, oh my god! And by the time that this was coming out, I think I was, I was just listening to. I think Parade was the album I listened to before I listened to Exodus. So for me, it was just like this guy is there, and then he's there. I hadn't listened. Yeah, to-
0: yeah, yeah. Just putting and- just putting Parade next to Exodus in the same sentence is amazing. Anyway, what other artists?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, no, no, matter, no
0: matter if you love or don't love Exodus so much, what other artists? It's so crazy.
1: Yeah, can go from that to that. And and I think also that what that colours uh that colours a lot of my um opinion of bands and stuff and how much they how much they contributed and how much they changed things and how much they sound. I think this is like there's a clear NPG sound and but there's also that this is one of those albums that although blow me away at the time I have come to reflect on as my musical uh, knowledge has grown. And like, I didn't understand like the P-Funk references at the time. I didn't know, you know, like kind of like the kind of Zapper-esque stuff. And, you know, this is my kind of introduction to that kind of psychedelic funk world. So all of my window into George Clinton comes via this album. So, I mean, now looking back it's just like oh I understand where that came from that it didn't just come out of nothing but I also understand that how much of it was like how much of it is him filtering these myriad of different influences and it still blows me away.
0: Can I jump in there? Yeah sure. And and say that one of the you know I've been a big Prince got me Prince, three Prince I got into P-Funk very early and um When I was, well, uh, you know, I was 14 and listening to Prince and then I got into P-Funk slightly tangentially, but I quickly realized the relationship. And then I loved all the George Clinton and Prince crossover stuff. Coming back to Exodus now and hearing it. Actually, I'm going to come in from nine different angles. I'm sorry. One of the reasons that I never really found my flow with this album is very obvious, and it's because Prince breaks the flow with 14 minutes of segues. And it's a te- it's an amazing, crazy Prince decision in many ways, but it also, no other artist really has so much material that they can just squander and basically break an album the way he broke this album. He just, he made something that's really amazing in lots of ways, and then just kind of made it not user-friendly because 14 minutes of segues they're they're interesting once and some of them are funny in their own right but just listening to it now it made total sense to me of course I never listened to this album even when I got into it because because there was never a flow and I know sorry
4: it's not re-listenable in in the same way because of the segues the intention, fine but the the re-listen quality is very hard particularly
0: this long and of course you can just skip on anything digital. And I know yeah, Chopin loves it, but that's because Chopin likes it like a movie. But but it's but like what I'm saying is like what other artist would make yeah. stuff where there's really high quality in there, there's really great songwriting, there's really great great jams, and then he breaks it as an interface for anyone but the most hardcore fan. And even then it isolates hardcore fans. He makes this stuff and then he's got he's got so many other toys that he doesn't mind it's like when you have an action man and you're a kid and you give it a haircut or draw all <laughs> over its face with marker pen it's like prince don't draw over your action man let other kids play with it
1: um, oh, i, I, I kind of like that explanation of it but but, yeah.
0: but but sorry i will let someone else talk but i got to spit this out on. <laughs> listening to it again this time for the podcast uh, and i listened to it a few times and i listened to it with the segues and then just got if you just went from first song is get wild right mhm second song is new power soul right
1: yeah then count the days
0: take out the segue just instantly between get wild and um new power soul and you've got an album that starts actually going bang 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 this is irresistible you're in this album even if you didn't know who I was before you can jam to this album just those two tracks next to each other with no segue say everything and yet Prince scrawls all over it all over his action man's face
1: okay I'm gonna make that playlist now and like download it to listen to it work tonight okay yes because I'm kind of interested in that. For me, Exodus has always been an incredibly immersive experience. Like there was a smell attached to it, you know. Like there was, you know, there
3: literally was a
1: perfume. Yeah, it literally, the Get Wild perfume is like, uh, the which best- I'm, I'm wearing ever- on this podcast right now. Yes! Like, I was, like, immersed in incense, perfumes, the room. Like, so for me, it was never about uh, um listening to an album in the conventional sense. It was about listening to a radio play with the story start to finish. A psychedelic kind of, like, uh you know, kind of like an acid trippy movie kind of... It's kind like, of like Black Dynamite,
3: Dave Chappelle, before it was Dave Chappelle. It's that kind of humour... Yeah. Uh, with the segues as well I love the segues I think it it, it is uh like you said Chopin it's an immersive experience it's it is a, guys, it's
4: do you guys honestly listen to all, every time you listen absolutely to you,
2: you oh, yeah. Say, <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 start to finish where do you me, find my, time I,
1: li- li- I listen to it as a commute song I mean it's called, like it's 45 minutes start like to me it's a perfect start to finish it's like
0: i I absolutely get it that a small subsection of by then a small subsection of music lovers would love this in its entirety but you are a small subsection it's not a criticism there are there are people who such as you to freaks (laughs) who um Absol- On this side, <laughs> a- yeah. yeah. On this side. Who, who absolutely buy in to this folly, and I and I appreciate that. I really, like I say, when I when I was amazed all over again listening to it this time round and going, I, 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 it reminded me. Of course, I never got into this. I never had the patience, but um, it, it it tries your patience. But but I did come out of it with a begrudging respect all over again that Prince had such a deep catalogue that he could even afford to make this such a folly. And you guys are the ones who he was talking to and those like you who buy, who buy the thing yeah. as an objet d'art in its own right as a movie. And I, yeah. and, and I, I respect that. I still think it's commercial death. But I respect it, like
1: how. But then, so is the war. So is news. I know. So I know. Is expectations. So is Cena But I, and that's the and so is Madhouse. Do you know I what I mean? One uh,
2: is, is a little bit more. I don't know. It, there are a lot of segues in Prince albums that I love and I will listen to all the way through. But for me, I don't know if it's because I learn a lot of these songs from bootlegs, where you don't listen start to finish, you cherry pick the songs that you've got that attraction yeah. to. So I never digested this album as a full complete package i didn't have that you know the taste and smell you get when you put on that album i didn't quite have that experience so when i did get it as a package i went back to cherry cherry picking the songs <laughs> that <I liked>. um <laughs> and i've just never quite being able to digest the whole album. I think there's a lot about the album I still don't understand. I I, I think it's one of those that you can unpick on so many different levels and still not understand half the references. Um, But for me, I I do skip the segues. They were really interesting, like the first three times I listened to the album and I really enjoyed them. But for me, I, I, I do skip them now. Um, and I hate saying it because I'm Team '90s all the way. <laughs> Everyone knows, um, but for me, I have just really struggled to digest the album as a whole. I do, as I say, cherry and, cherry pick. And Ch- I, I,
1: cherry cherry pick. I, nice.
0: I am so <laughs> I am I am so split because I I think it's a I think it's an insane move. I do admire it from Prince being crazy perspective. I admire it from an artistic eccentric perspective. But I do. But I think. This is probably my pound for pound, my favorite 90s album. In you know, if you take the top four, three or four songs from there, it's it's the best stuff he did for me in the
1: 90s. The, the, it, it's buried. It's buried. Uh, the, the the way I've come to understand this album is, um, think about the segues thing. Like, cymbal was meant to be this many segues and stuff, but he took it all out to fit in a song. Um I just think this, and, you know, Gold, although come out after this, is after this is made before this with lots of like a welcome to the dawn, you know, like the MPG operator thing. This is just something he had to get out of his system and come to Emancipation where it's pretty much no segues unless they're kind of a little bit of reverb and kind of a cab driver thing. There's like one or two on 36 songs. I think this is literally just something he had to get out of his system and it's an extension of that whole thing that he started with like like that whole WNPG uh you know in his head there was always a radio station and this kind of
0: well well, also I think it's like a response to rap and all those like Prince Prince did do segues uh, like he was doing segues like back in the Apollonia albums and stuff, like a lot oh, kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of before hip hop. But then it, it, I feel like when hip hop happened and when, you know, it started to become the biggest music on the planet. And, you know, we know that Prince went, uh, never quite got on that train correctly, but I, I do like that on this one, uh, he gets it wrong, but in a really interesting way. And he just goes, oh, yeah, segues are in now. Well, mine are going to be three minutes long. I do kind of admire it. I just think it makes for a, a sucky album and an amazing, amazing bit of Prince weirdness at the same time.
4: I have to say this because I've, I've been listening to something else recently quite a lot. But I think you can use segues, but you just don't want to overdo it. Um, I'm thinking, (laughs) perhaps unsurprisingly, the people on this podcast, I'm thinking um, rhythm nation. If if you listen to that with the segue, nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's so, it's so much. I I, I can listen to the segues there because they're short. Yeah. They flow. Yeah. These songs. Well, stop, and then there is a a fairly long narrative that just jerks you out, and then you're back into a groove, sort of. The former doesn't do that. It, it is a proper segue. It slips you into something. Oh, it's brief.
0: And right. okay. like Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul, which is a brilliant, brilliant use of segway and really, I think, kicked off that. I, I may be wrong, but I think that was the one that kicked that off in rap as being like almost de rigueur for the form.
1: Just interestingly enough, I've just, made up the, I've just made up the playlist now, and it is still, it's nine tracks, 53 minutes long without any of the segues. So it's still a one-disc, you know, like it's still a healthy size one-disc
0: But album. I, I tell you, just that movement from the first two tracks, from the first to the second, um, from Get Wild to New Power, Soul, you just go, oh, it, this is music, 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 and he doesn't let you have that flow with those segues, and it's crazy to me.
1: I tell you one thing that would convince me possibly that it was a good, uh, the, it would be good without the segues is the hallucination rain, the original like 10 minute version versus I used to love hallucination rain and think it was amazing until I heard the 10 minute version. And now I kind of hear it as a kind of, Ooh, why did you chop up a masterpiece kind of thing? That? That's the only kind of, yes. That's, that's the only way I would look at this. As any anything else, and on what I really think is this should have been a good. He uh, should have actually gone further, added more songs, and made it a double, a double album with the same amount of segues.
0: Oh boy, God, you're insane! I mean, I love you, but you're insane. I um, it is interesting though because um, I you know you're the expert on this period for sure, Shokes, and uh, yeah. probably Lee, but you know um, you guys you guys. Probably know all the variant track lists and what was there, and I, I've got a passing acquaintance with it. But I remember wasn't superhero on one of the variants, yeah. and was wasn't love they will be done. Which if ever a song didn't suit the MPG, it's love they will be done, sung by Sonny. Uh, and you're going and you're going to say no, I love it. I know because you're mad. But um, it's like it's interesting, like how many like th- th- this album seems to have been. It, like not only is it a mess in a good way and a bad way, yeah. I think, but not only is it a mess, he had other messier iterations of it, and he did, he he it was like if it's a gumbo, he just throws everything into the pot. He mm. throws chili, beef, chicken, steak, then he throws That's in absolutely. some licorice. You know <laughs> what?
1: Which is weird because when you th- when you realize like how this album started life, and this is Morris Hayes has said this on a podcast re- recently, like uh, on interviews recently, is how this album came to life was that Sonny T and Michael Bland were just trying to throw each other off the groove in the kind of on the main stage, and Morris Hayes walks in and, and is just kind of transfixed, and they can't throw each other off the groove. They're locking no matter what, no matter what they throw at each other, and like Prince walks in or Symbol at the time, and kind of Morris Hayes goes to him and says. Uh, goes this is amazing we should make this an album and then Prince just picks up the phone and goes yeah can you move all the stuff into Studio A they moved the stuff into Studio A and I think everything but Big Fun and Cherry Cherry the basic track was recorded that day like the whole album wow. it's inc- the eight that's, eight insane. that's insane that's eight- insane Eight tracks, and there's that like, tracks that aren't on that aren't on the album that were recorded that day. The only ones that they said was that wasn't recorded that day. I think he said was Cherry Cherry and Big Fun. So most of this album is a day's work. That's uh, uh, unbelievable. But with like two months of post production and yeah, overdub-, yeah. overdub, and I, 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 in, in some that doesn't surprise
4: me. In some, not in a not in a the Trio anyway, but it. It, a disparaging measure say but that doesn't surprise me in a sense because no. of the amount that they're just leaning into jams. I mean, for me, that does yeah. some class. There's some class stuff on it, but it it does come through. It's mm, there's little patches that don't feel worked on. it, so, well, that'll do. Well, for me, yeah, I, again, just for me.
0: Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's a, again, it's a very, it's such a mess. I like, I do like the messy aspect of it. I think it suits it, but it's also. Like if you think that it could have had superhero, it could have had love thy will be done, and he it was just like what am I going to do to flesh this out? I'm not. I'm not saying these would have been right decisions yeah. either, but it's just like for instance, cherry cherry does not belong on this album. I really like it. I don't yeah. mind that it's there because the whole album is humorous to me in a good way. And well, I, but I, I think cherry cherry is magnificent. Got nothing
1: to do with the album. Yeah, me. it could have also had funky design. It takes free and uh, a. Yeah. Uh, Igno- uh, sonny t's version th- of acknowledge th- th- me th- this is
0: prince's miscellaneous draw and that's what i like about it and he does try and pull yeah. it together he tries to pull it together with this narrative it's yeah. that's an insane thing to do anyway but this is really this is like the alternative vault this album
1: well this is the yeah this is that kind of thing of like um in the same way that the madhouse thing was it was kind of like prince's creative brain fart in a side you know like in a a, not to kind of belittle in that way i mean you know i love this but like it's just that kind of thing it's like oh yeah we should make an album out of it i will like let yeah yeah, but if madhouse
0: if madhouse had gone one two three four cherry cherry five six you'd just go what and that and so like So, like 70% of this album, let's disregard the segues, but 70% of this album is that gumbo from like that's almost in its different way. It's almost as focused as one sound like Madhouse is. But then you just chuck in other things almost at random, and even that's messy. So,
3: So the way I I see it is it's almost the Truman show for Sunny T. It's like you're traveling through his head. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. And it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like, Sunny T is his own reality show and and it's almost the audio from his own reality show and you're mm. in his head and obviously you're going to get all these different genres and obviously Cherry Cherry is very much a Motown quartet kind of feel to it and it, does, it doesn't fit, I agree with you, it doesn't really fit on the album but I think it's just more of that whole, you know, he's on hallucinogenics and it's like you're traveling through his brain. and you get and it's also you're getting the different genres of music, but you're also getting the di- different genres of TV and movies, obviously finishing yeah. up with sci-fi in the middle. and then you, like I said before, you've got the black sportation elements yeah, well, to it, and I, then the, the gangster elements to it I, within it as well. So I,
0: lo- I love that you get that out of it. I think I, I really like this album because it to me, I know that people like you and Chopin and many others really love it. and i and I feel really fondly towards it, but it's just. It's not my favourite movie, but I love that it is for you guys. I really do. I love this album, and it's also not my thing.
3: And obviously, as Paddy mentioned, Rhythm Nation is, like, one of my favourite albums. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And obviously, the segues on that, you know, it, it was that whole Minneapolis feel, and it, it always comes across, and it's that, that connection of, like, it reminds me of this album, this album, this album. And with Exodus, I see it as it being the sister to the symbol album, but I also see it as part of a trilogy of Come, Exodus, and Gold. It's that period of time for me when I was, you know, hardcore, hardcore Prince. Yeah, man. yeah.
1: And it's also it even says on the I say even says on the liner notes Exodus a journey too short to live through one CD. You know, like the uh, whole point, you know, it's it's meant to be kind of episodic in that it, sense. And it, you know, there's meant to be the Torah Torah experience as well, it, with that get loose on as well. So we don't know what's it, in there. And
0: it, it, it is kind of a clearinghouse for songs that didn't go anywhere else. And and at the same but like Prince wants it both ways as ever. He wants it to be kind of a kind of a clearing house and a kind of recycle bin but at the same time he's going and i'm going to try right. and stitch it I, together with a narrative
1: but, i don't uh, think it was that much of a clearing bin to be quite honest because most of the songs are actually purposely is, built for recording yeah, this project uh,
4: allow, allow me to push a bit of order and pushes in a bit of a direction with a response to, to, to that idea of a cleaning bin right get, <laughs> for me get wild should have been on a bigger album yes i agree commercially related album because that get wild is probably in my top three or five tracks from the 90s it's absolutely stunningly awesome Groove track, it's brilliant.
1: Um, and it should be played wasn't, more at It was on a bigger album, though. It yeah. was on a bigger album as a different version on the Porte soundtrack. Track. Yeah, I was going to say that, it was on the pret but that's not that's that not happen. a bigger <laughs> album. <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. It's more. <laughs> more people heard about it. But, um, and it was a very vastly different version of the song.
4: Well, this version of the song, as it is here, should have been on a more prominent, commercially pushed, Uh, Prince album for me because "Get Wild" is a really really special song,
3: and I and I remember it being performed on Top of the Pops. Yes, yes, yes. In March, and Lenny Henry was hosting, and (laughs) Lenny Henry just lost his mind. He's like, "This is the best day ever!" I remember. Oh, and it was like, yeah, and I think that was it was the same week as me going to see him live as well. And the (laughs) version
1: from the White Room. To do. Yeah. the yeah. White Room version is just the base work on that? Is just who
4: was this? Wow. Who, who was the sort of borderline sarcastic presenter that was taking oh, the, the bass player from The
1: Fall, wasn't he? That was it, yeah, 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 yeah well, whatever his oh, name
3: was, on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. but even, even that even like when they were promoting the album, the whole Chora Chora thing about, you know, it was his way of, you know, and the argument with Warner Brothers that was, you know, it was ongoing, you know, and he became a character in itself, wasn't it? He was living yeah. the...
4: Listening to the album as well and watching those live performances, the other thing that makes me giggle a little bit is the way that a lot of reviews are sort of, you know, it isn't it isn't really a Prince album per se. And I I... I Read more often than not, and you can't hear Prince's voice that prominently in the mix on most of it. Yeah, but he can; he's uh, all over it. Again, he, you look at it. It's almost as if he he just didn't take he jammed and didn't take responsibility for the output. It's a Prince yeah. album. Oh, he, even if he didn't sing a note on this,
0: yeah, it, it's yeah. Su- it's such a Prince album. Like it, like the time. Uh, up until Pandemonium Are Prince albums Apollonia and Vanity Are Prince albums The Family Is a Prince album It's so, is, it's on so the, Prince
2: On some of those At least you can't hear His vocals So to an amateur you They might be like That's not Prince But on this You can literally hear him I
1: know All I know. over <laughs> it. I mean, but, It's not but- him It's Troror Tror Well, it was a contractual thing. I mean, like it was part of that whole contractual thing, is where he was, he was literally pushing the boundaries about getting sued with, with some of this stuff. Like because he got Um, OKs for some territories, uh, not OKs for uh, other territories. It It was kind of like a legal mess with. uh, Bellmark versus Warner Brothers.
0: I do, I do, I, I kind of, I know you love this period and I do see why. And it's, it's, it's like, it's out of control. It's almost like he was his own computer virus at this point. Mm. And like, he's putting right, out, yeah. like, he can't sit still on one version of, like, Get Wild There. He has to do 15 and they all have to go to different projects and they keep recombining in new and mutating into new projects. And, you know, it just, it just, it's like, it's so, and, and I like that sense of again messiness and corruption. And like, you just feel like, ah, I don't even know what I'm listening to anymore. Where does the project start and end? What, why isn't it this? Why didn't it go on that? What was the alternative track listing of gold? Why, what's
3: happening here?
1: Well, I think, uh, it, you know, to kind of dig into specific tracks a little bit more would be, um, a perfect song that it completely embodies all of that is "The Exodus Has Begun," right? That is essentially like uh George Clinton doing Crystal Ball. Do you know what I mean? It's this. It, it, that's how I start. The guitar work on that end is just that guitar work. When it, you know, <laughs> at the end, that the kind, of, it's just. I remember the first like the first time I got to listen to it in uh, um, just with headphones and stuff like I was almost like kind of like I was welling up. It was a really emotional experience, that one, because there's a lot of, you know, it's inventing, it's getting anger out, but not in true Prince form like the negativity gets put on a character. They, he, it's, you know, Tora Tora is Bob George. It's another way of him getting out these <laughs> negative emotions that he doesn't want to associate with Prince or symbol, You know, the kind of the I, I would die for you, kind of godly, beautiful, loves everyone thing. But he needs to get the, you know, this is a pressure valve. This album is like a pressure valve and Exodus has begun. And pressure valves are messy. And, and I think Exodus has begun the song perfectly expresses that, that that there's a whole ton of stuff the, from the kind of the co-lead vocals of like the low pitch versus the high pitch sermonizing uh about anger to this really released you know kind of angelic kind of guitar line on the top of all of this and i from, I mean, I could sermon about
0: this song. It's an, it's an extravaganza, that song. And it's oh, lovely. yeah, 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 it, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: It like, see, now, uh, it's not my favourite song by any means, but I like it very much. And what I like about it is that it updates the P-Funk thing. It recalls P-Funk. But, but, like, again, when we talked about Welcome to America and I was down on quite a lot of it, and I was down on the track yeah. Welcome to America, because Welcome to America sounds like a redo of Make My Funk the P-Funk. And Jill uh, Scott Heron, yeah, yeah. And Jill Scott Heron, and it's right on the nose. This, you're listening yeah. to it, you're hearing P-Funk, but, but you're not going, oh, that's that. You're going, oh, it, other songs keep flying through your mind. It sounds a bit like Flashlight sometimes in the yeah. la-da-da-dee-da-da from Flashlight. And it sounds a bit like um, It's Getting Better by The Pound by Funkadelic. And it sounds, yeah. it's got, it's got loads of little kind of nods and winks to that big kind of it's almost like sunra, yeah. big religious P
1: Funk written. It's not the it's, river. It's not the yeah, river. It's a sermon. It's yeah. a sermon. But even, but even based on the kind of like a sort of altered baseline of Bob George with the, right. the low vocal, because it's like boom, you know, in the verses, the bass like boom, boom, boom. You know, like it's a half of the Bob George baseline. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like kind of a callback to his own stuff, which at, you know at this point had just kind of been released oh, yeah. as contract filler. Uh,
0: and you know, it's oh purple- man, I gotta, I gotta listen for that. I never heard Bob George in it, but I
1: don't listen. I haven't in the listened that in the uh-huh. verses, it's Bob George, which had just been released as contract filler for the Warner Brothers thing. All right. So, um, and I don't know if that's intentional or just Prince goes there. That's where Prince goes when he's angry and wants to kind but, of... But,
0: <laughs> now, but I do like this sort of channeling of a feel without being derivative, and that's what mm. he does on that track for me.
1: Uh, yeah. Lee, what did you think of that track? I mean...
3: Yeah, no, I, I, it's like I said, the, I, I'm just thinking about it now in my head of like there's elements of like the deadly, seven deadly sins within it, you know, greed and sex. And, and then it's almost like a sermon at the end. And it, I, I, I want to listen to it again just to get that whole theory out of, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I really like this album so <laughs> much more. You know, there's there's a lot of elements to it.
4: I think about again I'm, I'm not as much of a lyrics guy as as people are like the way that it builds and crescendos is amazing the guitar yes. end is amazing anything where you have um a kick drum and bass um uh together groove blocking um, yeah. I'm thinking electric chair will be my other one after me but the, those those grooves are just so so nasty and the back brass parts start steady and suddenly so, so get more frenetic and pointed um motifs and things like that it's yeah it's a great it's a great track as excess has begun it's um again it feels very much a drum tap but it, it doesn't matter it it works
3: it's really it, it definitely reminds me of the symbol album like you know my name is Prince You know get wild and then the sacrifice of victor Victor,
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
3: exodus has begun it's that big end and beginning you know and that's what i like you know a lot of prince albums you had you have a really good starting track and you have an end track yeah yeah the book ending on prince albums is incredible it's yeah and that's it's that journey experience with the albums of like again it grabs you and then you're kind of crying at the end (laughs) And I, I think
0: I t- think he took a lot of that from P Funk as well, like "Get Up for the Downstroke" and stuff as yeah. well, like and "Flashlight." Ends up like the, the some a, a lot of those punk uh, funkadelic Parliament albums end on a really big kind of we're journeying off to the next vista, the next starship, or the next planet, and that's what he does with this song, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and for me, the the journey of how we get there is just as interesting. I mean. Just to go back to Get Wild, uh, uh, I think Paddy said it's uh, it's criminal that that wasn't as well-known as it should have been. I agree. But I also would put a caveat on that. I think the funky jazz mix, uh, the moneymaker funky jazz mix from the single, that is criminal that that's not as well-known because that is a spectacular pit of prints. That, the that the kind of funky, slow kind of jazz mix of it, that it's just... Perfect. But just going back to Cherry Cherry, sorry to kind of skip around. Like kind of a straw poll here. Who thinks it should have been on the album and who thinks it shouldn't? Because I think it should. I'm gonna vote yes and no. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm actually the same with Andy. It's it's, hey. it's Leah, is that a hand up?
2: It's a hand up. I think it is a welcomed, chilled respite in the same way Count the Days kind of has that same little breathing spot. Um, I think it's perfectly placed. For me, it's like the equivalent of Take Me With You on Purple Rain. It's got that breath just in between the madness, there's a little bit of calm. <laughs> so mm. I think it is perfectly placed on the album.
1: Patty? I
4: don't like it. <laughs> 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 I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, not actively, but it doesn't do much for me. I kind of get the 50s sort of vibe to it and that laid back thing. Yeah. Paddy, if you don't mind me asking, do you guys perform Get Wild,
3: the, the band?
4: We have rehearsed it, yeah, and it sounded great. It's just like, again, yeah, it, I, if it was up to me, we'd play for five hours and put everything in we wanted, but it's just not a viable thing to do something <laughs> I can't do, but it'll be there at some point. We have rehearsed it and we do have an arrangement, yeah.
3: Have you, do you done do- any other tracks on the album? I think that's what i was going to ask as well.
4: Oh, <laughs> no. Gone. Have we done any more tracks from Exodus?
3: Yeah. Uh, no.
4: No, we've... A long, long time ago, we talked about Retina Bump Squad a little bit, so you never know. Have I you mean, done- you never know with us. It's- Have you done Mashed Potato Girl live?
3: <laughs> <laughs> leah Lea, Lea would back be great to, for that
4: back to cherry cherry anyway <laughs> rather, rather than me plugging but no no no. I, I, if i looked at it sort of slightly more pragmatically then no i don't think it really does fit on this album i'd go with whoever says it should be somewhere else i think it would possibly super part of a of a sequence on another album a bit more but that's that's to my ear and Hell, I'm a hypocrite anyway because I like the more eclectic Prince albums.
1: So I'm not sure what that says about my I mean, I, w- I will say it is my least favorite on this album, but yeah. I love every single second of this album. So that's not really a low call. I mean, it's still better than, you know, like it's like the least favorite on your favorite album. This is, this will forever be in my top five Prince albums. It's,
0: I for- love that. I love that. I, the reason I like it and also think it's folly is. How I feel about the album, anyway. I, it's 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 a magnificent mess. It's a mess by a genius. Yeah. And so, like, when, when I'm in the right mood for this whole thing, uh, I still I will still skip the segues. But I'm so happy it's there. It's just actually somebody who's yeah. too good. Yeah. And, it's, and and what, what uh, it, it shouldn't be there. It should be there. Don't tell a yeah. genius what to do. I love that.
1: And speaking of like, kind of like like Leah said, that this being a, breathing, a breathable track, a breathing track, because mm. I wouldn't have put like Misa, so if I had to choose the lineup, I probably would have put Funky Design or something like that. Like, um, but the other one that's a real breathing track is Count the Days. And sometimes the absolute heaviness and funkiness of this album this little bit of like the times i've listened to count the days on its own the guitar work on it is gorgeous the harmonies are gorgeous it's a gorgeous little track we uh we when i was in a band uh we actually used to cover this uh and kind of segue it with people get ready just as a little cover slot in the set and the reaction to it was really interesting because nobody's listened to it as a print Mm. song like uh, everybody was like, "I love that song about the the motherfucker song."
0: I I, I hate that lyric. I hate that lyric. It it, it it's a, I've said this about many a Prince song of the nineties and beyond. I just think it's it, that lyric just doesn't work for me. I know you're going to love it, Chopin. That's fine, but um, it, it, it but it's like suddenly hearing in an avalanche. And again, I know you like this lyric too. But Abraham Lincoln was a racist. It just jars. It's not. It's not, it it takes you out of the song and takes you to a different agenda. And again, that motherfucker thing in Count the Days when I would be inclined to go with that song and then suddenly I'm jolted out of it by what seems to me just
1: wrong strength. There's a radio edit of it I can send you. <laughs> the swearing cleaned up. I
3: always see that as like a, a chill out Samuel L. Jackson track. It's, <laughs> uh, it's that...
0: You, go, you guys are totally on another trip with this album. I love
3: it. Yeah. Well, no, I, like, but it, like going back to the segues as well, you know, I, I, I can read off the segues and I see them as like Reading off Dave, very famous Dave Chappelle sketches. It's, yeah, that's exactly. in my head. I've been in restaurants and I've joked and saying, you know, I'm so mad I bought this joint. It was, yeah, you know, it's,
1: it's like Richard Pryor stuff. Yeah. yeah and, and, like, and Richard like Pryor is obviously yeah, sampled on this album as well. Mashed potato so. in my hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hair but so- yeah, I,
3: I think it's that, like I said, there's that element of black sportation and, and, that you know the the samples that he was using in that in that era as well you know it's it's you know and Richard Pryor is sampled on the album so it's that like I said it's that humour element to it.
1: Also interestingly, I mean, if we uh, one thing that does actually stand for uh, maybe Andy's thing of it being a clearinghouse is it's actually the first time that both. Um, Dream Factory and Days of Wild appear on an official record because you got a clip of uh, Dream Factory in the DJ Gets Bump segment and in Mashed Potato Girl, the car yeah, driving yeah. by, it's Days of Wild that's playing in the car driving by. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Just imagine what it was must have been like to be Prince and just have... All the, we all have thoughts that race around our heads. It's just that Prince sometimes quite often recorded those thoughts and just chucked around and this is just him brain farting all over the place and like like i say like a computer virus can i talk about my favorite track by this is this this for me this for me is the one no one's really mentioned it yet go on return of the bump squad
4: that's great i've mentioned
0: it i've mentioned it it's it's been mentioned but we haven't looked into it yet this is this is the one for me. Awesome, this this yeah yeah this is awesome. I'm glad you like it, Paddy. I um I know, but this is like seventy percent of what I love about this album is this song. This is monstrous. This is uh, other songs come up. Uh, it, it drags other songs up with it, but this is the centerpiece for me. This is my prince, and this is a melody that he's used again and again and again. And every time he uses this melody, and I've made a list of songs that essentially use the same melody, because it's long been a little thing I've noticed. Every time there's a song that uses this melody, I love the song. I love the melody. It was obviously a favorite of his because he used it so many times. And I call it the I know melody because that to me is where it sits. That, that, that's the centre of where it sits. It's that swung melody. Now do it with, now do it with um, Return of yeah. the Bond Squad. Okay, It's basically the same phrasing. Off. Yeah. It's the same phrasing and it's the same kind of up and down nursery rhyme and oh, so listen to this and see if uh, i'm gonna you I can know. think really right right now yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes it's not swung it's swung on i know and it's swung on return of the bump squad and it's swung on push yeah every time and, uh, you can see yeah. you, every yeah. song is different this is not derogatory what i'm saying for once this is um this is uh this is prince obviously loved this template and made loads of different songs out of it that each have their own feel i love them all so here's my here's my incomplete list there's probably more it's going to be a beautiful night that's the i know melody the ball obviously that's i know it bees like that sometimes that's i know cindy c you can frown now paddy but go and listen cindy c is i know i know is i know Push is I know. Return of the Bump Squad is I know. Musicology is I know.
2: Yeah.
0: And I was amazed and delighted when recently we got another one to add to this list, and it's Evolza Dog. It's I know. And uh, later on, Evolzadog would
1: be like every, would be the first one, right? It is
0: the first one that I know of, and but I still think it is the I know. But Evolza Dog is the first one. And later on, a very, very stripped down version. You can even hear it in X's face. So everyone's going to
3: be doing their homework now after this podcast episode.
0: Yep. And you might disagree with me. And Paddy's already disagreeing. But if you go away and think about it. Yeah, yeah, maybe you do but that, I, I, it's not the same melody note for note every time. I'm not saying that for a second, but and you can plug it. them all in X's face three years ago. Or maybe yesterday. I know there is a heaven. It's the same shape. And there you go.
1: That might may, may be stretching it, but I definitely agree with return of the bump squad. I know, um, a bossy dog. I think I was listening more to the rhythm, uh, therefore thinking of it of uh, new position. But like, uh, yeah, you're you're right. He has these kernels. It's just like there's one nine to five people that you know, like that turned in. You know, like that was another. These are one of these tracks that are like idea feeder tracks. And and yeah. as we know from like like the get off EP or the uh, cream EP or the you know MPG. Uh, EP that he's a master at taking a little element of a song and creating a new song out of just one little sample.
0: Yeah, but I, I think um, you know there's things. He, uh, again, you don't, I'm not try, I'm not trying to convince everybody that uh, you might have a slightly different list for me or not include all of those. But go listen, go think about it. He, he liked this melody and he liked this phrasing and this timing very much. And every time it comes up there's not a song with that uses that template that i don't like and return of the bump squad is and it's what he does with it behind it it's a massive production the guitar in the chorus is off the hook that little that weird treated guitar
1: squeal i've always loved, yeah i've always loved that um there's a bass bit like a bass punctuation like, boom, 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 you know like that's just like the, the, not a bass wah bass there's just the, like,
0: this is like I know crossed with la 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 he he he. It's that good.
1: Sorry, I could monologue about every song about this album if anybody wants to jump in.
2: <laughs> I will jump back slightly, um, talking about songs that kind of merge with other songs. Um, and I'm flashing back to Count the Days now. If it wasn't for the expletives, I think Count the Days would fit perfectly on musicology.
4: Ooh, yeah. reflection yeah. All right, that that is that is creepy. I'm tempted to do a screen share because my first note when I was doing count the days would was, and I swear to God, would have sat nicely on musicology. Ab-
1: absolutely, Don't God's on that Yes.
2: There
1: I think that comes from you guys. I, I think like me and Lee would probably never have seen that because we see this album as such a complete piece. Yeah. And and you guys listen, uh, like, especially you, Leah, like, listen to this track by track, like, kind of just going, oh, this fits there, this fits there, and then listening to it as a complete album. Um, gets In my that, notes, like, um, yeah. Sorry. In my notes, I've got, I've put down Dolphin
3: at the ending. It's very much like Dolphin, Count the Days, and Dolphin mm. are very, very similar. I, I, from a musical point, I don't know if that's how true that is, Paddy or Andy, that they're the very my, ending. My, yeah,
4: my, it's, it's got, got it My got band that. have destroyed Dolphin for me because they hate making him play it. So. <laughs> I'm not a Dolphin fan, but no, I, do no. like, I do like
0: that cyclic oh, okay. little ending. It's that kind of little... E- sort of energy running out, but quite yeah. pensive, kind of pensive and thoughtful. I agree, Lee. I do
3: agree. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> you articulated it better than I did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that that beautiful little guitar flourishes at the end of "Count the Days." Mm. There, so I, that was in my I, notes.
0: I, c- I can see. I can see that musicology uh, would have benefited from it, and I and I do think again. Really, I do. The song never again it's an action man with scribble all over it those expletives make it very non-user friendly for anyone who's not a you know interested in the minutiae of prints it's just like it doesn't fit with that it like you wouldn't put motherfucker in the middle of raspberry beret it's not the right place for it
2: but was he trying to be that person with this album? i it was a point that I was kind of thinking about earlier about how we're Absolutely, talking about yeah. certain types of fans will only get this, and I don't think he was trying to get the masses to I, get this. I think he was quite proud and happy that only a little select few yeah, would get it wink wink nudge yeah, nudge
0: yeah maybe maybe so. I just it's like personally, it's a track that for me isn't as enjoyable as it could be because it doesn't. Because it's so classy and then he unclasses it and confounds it with kind of wanting to be, you know, Prince was never a gangster, but he flirted with trying to have it always and do the gangster, the G, you know, G funk and gangster and hip hop at the same time. And it's just like, I, I know he's trying to do it his way and say, I'm using this imagery, but using it in within the context of a different kind of peace and love Prince thing but it's like you're also trying to get the kind of thrill of using gangster talk, and it doesn't work for me.
2: And it's
3: also interesting with that, that in the music video, it's sunny, but it's, it's sunny T is the, yeah. you don't see Tori Tori, even though you can hear Prince's, Prince on the lyrics.
1: In
4: thought, even though he was kind of control freak and he had... You know, a tour, de, a tour de force of music creation. I wonder if for this album, he did sort of think, well, I'm sort of pushing Sonny a bit here, and 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 sort of his, um, I don't know, his daydream or whatever. So I'll do that because I wouldn't normally do that, and I can do that because there's a little bit of this that is being projected as not necessarily me. I wonder if that played into it at all. But, but he's, it's also sorry, yes. Sir.
1: I would say it's less a little less altruistic than that, and say it's more to do with a way of getting an album out without saying it's a printer. And
0: I'd say, yeah. it's, and I'd say it's it, it's not really about Sonny. It's about Prince molding Sonny into a character, like he molded Morris Day into a character. But I don't think that uh, I don't think that. Um, so it's a very successful molding because Sonny doesn't sound like he should be singing cherry cherry or count the days. It doesn't, it doesn't fit a cohesive character, but it, it, but I certainly think it's actually about control rather than about, I'm going to present a Sonny T showcase.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's more about like how are we going to get one over on Warner Brothers by getting another album out when you said I can't. I think, I think putting some because even like in the live sets, you know, like it's when they performed uh, um, "Count the Days" live on the White Room. It's not like he brought Sunny up to the front; he was still sat in his seat by the exactly. Know. That was what
3: that was what I was trying to say earlier. Because like in the music video, it is Sunny, but then in the live performance, it was
1: Prince. Well, tour, tour, sorry. Yeah, he made sure that, that that he made sure that mask was just sheer enough that you could see Prince's face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think. Yeah, I think it was more of a, Morris, you know, like that Morris Day character is Prince, basic a side of Prince. and He projected that on Morris Day, same way that Tora Tora is a kind of side of Prince mm. that he projected on Sunny T. You, band.
0: you know, the more we talk about it, the more I realise what, why I like it and why I think it's silly at the same time, the whole thing, is <laughs> that... It basically, the time is a focused concept. The family was a focused concept. Sheila E. was a focused product. I mean, it's great music, but you know, just putting it in basic terms. There are so many agendas not wired up on this album. So many agendas. And, that's, and that does make it brilliant, psychedelic, a real trip if you buy the whole thing. But it also is frustrating if you don't buy the whole thing.
1: But but that isn't that the kind of basically if you take the uh, um, the movie equivalent of like cult movies and stuff like cult movies are like one of those things like your friends says I'm going to show you the the greatest movie of all time you know like and they show you this thing and it's. And it's one of those things where half the room is going, oh my God, I'm going to be quoting this for years. I'm literally going to be quoting this for the years. And the other half of the room going like, that is the shittiest film I have ever yeah,
0: seen. Yeah, but there's cult, movie, there's cult movies and there's cult movies. Some cult movies are very cohesive, some aren't. Some are an incoherent, rambling mess. And this is not meant to be a, again, this isn't meant to be derogatory because people love things because they are a rambling mess sometimes. And I think that this, to me, is a rambling mess uh, uh, but with, with such high spots it's insane
1: but I think like but it's a rambling that I love every uh, step of the way uh, and it's like but I, I I agree with you on all like or with, on all the critiques that this isn't like this kind of great cohesive start to finish storyline but it is a storyline and it's rambles and it goes here but everywhere it goes I like Even, I, you know like we start off you know we go from, one minute we're in the back seat of an alley, you know, kind of getting beaten up and peeing up the alley at the back of the glam slam. The next minute, my taste, boiling us some soup and like drugging us. And then the next minute we're out of out in space. And at the end, we're kind of... Yeah,
0: know, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, and I do admire it. I do admire it. I really admire it. But it it's not my... But it's, it's not... I, I love that you guys love it. And I love everybody who loves this album. Like, this is the album I feel fondest... Uh, From the entire 90s, I feel absolutely fondest of this album because I can see why people love it, warts and all. I really can. And how the strengths and the weaknesses just become the strengths for everybody who
1: loves it. So the the other thing I love about it is that all of those like kind of characters, those painted characters that are on the album cover, they're not really kind of like painted characters. They're They're the kind of costume designs that the designer drew. To like and then they kind of cut them up and included them as part of the artwork. But that was her going, okay, and we we need to draw something like this now. Let's get this fabric. It's like the design sketches for the outfits. And it's like, okay, well, you're gonna take something like the design sketches for the outfits mm. and make it the main theme of the artwork. And I think it was always criminal that this wasn't in a gatefold vinyl. I, I, w-
0: I this whole album is like I said se- kind of it's like a it's a prince's mind as a hard drive and he's accidentally pulled out the usb without unplugging you know without uh, <laughs> unplugging it first and it's and everything is so mixed up all the files are corrupted you click on one thing and you get the other file and like
3: this like, album performed in an illegal error do you wish to send a report yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah this this album is absolutely corrupt and corrupted as a as a drive and i and i, well, I dig
4: that. it i dig it so have we just invented the blue screen of Exodus.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, oh, it made me love it even more. I didn't know that was possible. I'm kind of high Let's you know, talking about this album. Uh, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna go back and listen to this album more and more now because I do, the high spots are great for me. And, uh,
4: so and I, I, have uh, to I admit I have to admit, I'm gonna just like you said, Andy, I'm gonna listen to it more. I've really enjoyed digging deeper and concentrating in it's it, it it was it's never an effort to listen to anything by Prince, but when there's other things you prefer to listen to, you get to a point where you yeah all right, well I can go listen to that. I've it, this has grown on me yet again, having uh, done a sort of a deep dive. And even more so because I'm sort of dying to say I predominantly use Spotify to listen to music, and of course it's not on there. And I'm like, No oh God, I'd, I'd love to start same. mixing. Yeah, I'd start to love mixing this in with some of my own playlists to see what flows and what it's
1: flows. on title. Is, oh. it on, oh, on no. is, is it on Spotify? it's not on Spotify. On the subject
0: of like talking to you guys and kind of melding our ideas or throwing things into different relief, I would like to issue a retraction. Oh, oh. To, yeah, to Tayama um, Corazon. Since we talked about it after that podcast we did, I could not get it out of my head. And then I started listening to it and everything I said about it, I absolutely retract. I goddamn love that song. Thank you guys for making me think about stuff again that maybe I hadn't. I love that song. I did the dirty on it. I goddamn love that song. Motherfucker. Lea, Lea.
4: We got him, Leah. We got
1: him. <laughs> <He laughs> <wants>. Le- Leah's <laughs> raven. <laughs> It's it's only fair. You got me rethinking a door and now I appreciate a door. So like I it's a, it's a fair trade that one I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fine thing to do to each other and that's why we're here and like, you know, whatever it's such a deep catalog. It's I I I I constantly even though I know what I love and what I'm not so big on, I constantly re-explore it in my own time anyway and come to different conclusions over time, but talking to you guys always. Yeah. Yeah. and seeing it from your point of view. Just the fact that you said that you see it like a movie through Sonny T's head, Lee. is yeah. no, it's exactly that. Exactly I, I, right. I, I, I'm not going to, I don't think three months from now I'm going to be saying Retraction. I think the segues are brilliant, <laughs> but I, it does make, it, it, it endears me to an album that I'm already endeared to very much so, even more, so thank you. Oh,
3: thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, the storyline, you know, the storyline is, um, you know, it's the so, misadventures of Sunny T. You nice. could literally yeah, rename yeah. this album "The
3: Misadventures yeah, of Sunny T." Club,
1: smash up the deck, DJ what? booth, and they uh, um, play live. The, uh, just, just to,
3: to fit to this, match this match in, in. Um, <laughs> when I was in Minneapolis in 2019, and I was in uh, I was in Perkins, the pancake place, at like 3 a.m. or something. Obviously, I got to meet Brother Jules, who passed away uh, in December. So you know. We'll dedicate this podcast to him. And obviously he did some of the stuff on 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 this album and the scratches uh, uh, on Exodus and stuff like that. But I got to talk to him briefly about uh, about Exodus. And that was like one of my highlights at 3 a.m. in Minneapolis, talking to Brother Jules about Exodus. So that was one of my um, happier memories. And, you know, rest in peace, Brother Jules.
1: Yeah, I mean, agreed. Because I, I I got to talk to him when he came over and did the alumni gig at cafe de perry and dj that and i kind of went but went behind and was talking about the remix experience and i was just saying how much i like because he was playing it and i like i kind of like was dancing to every change because i knew that half hour mix like the back of my hand and he was kind of like kind of gave me a little kind of yeah you (laughs) you knew that mix like i just you know, handed that out in my shop or something. You know, it's just kind of, like I said, that was just, I love that mix. He was very, very cool to talk to him. Really cool, like, uh, I mean, you know, like, as, you know, as you kind of see people in passing, but he really seemed like genuinely like touched when you gave him the compliment. It's a sad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
3: shall we wrap this up? Because I've got to go to Chanel's house.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, we can wrap it up with The
4: Good Life. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah that, that was... <laughs> had it come round to, does anybody want to suggest another song? I would have suggested The Good Life.
2: I was sat here going, how do I interrupt them to say, how have we not mentioned this song yet? <laughs> which which could sit nicely on
4: 3121 for me. That's another thing. This song, Ooh. this song is really, it's It's one of those songs that... It, it, I wouldn't say it's a stupendous song, but, and I wouldn't say it's filler, certainly not, but it, it sort of sits somewhere in between and it would kick ass live. I look at it as one of the, I'm, I'm not a fan of Emancipation though. I, I, as a triple album and so on and so forth, but like Jam of the Year is a similar sort of vibe. It's a really, really, it's not an, a stellar song. It's a strong song in that context and it's a really, really nice live groove. And I think Good Life kind of sits in that place for me.
1: I, I again like Get Wild, this is one of those things that I love. I love the version on the album. But the the again, there's just stellar remixes of this one. Big City Remix and uh Bullets Go Bang. And also the the free the music, which is like the nothing, uh which is like the uh to whomever it may concern of the Exodus album. You know, that little kind of chopped up advert kind of a song. And it's just like oh, I love the video. I love the, you know, I love the video. I love the song. It's, it's glossy, poppy, had great, had probably the most success, the most successful thing about this album was that the good life house mix was played in a lot of clubs and the, you know, and a lot of DJ guys, you know, when you, it's one of those things, when you see the YouTube clips, the comments underneath it, are never by Prince fans on like the platinum peoples and the dancing divas, remixes, the the um the comments underneath, like, do you remember this classic from back in the day? So it was kind of being appreciated more by non-Prince fans. And it's, there's not many Prince, like, stuff that was very popular in, like, house clubs or anything like that. But that was one that was actually worked successfully. And it's probably the most, had, had the most impact outside of Prince world, was the dancing divas mix of this in fact this is the version they played on the radio i remember yeah.
2: it's for me it, it's one of my favorite songs on this album first of all i absolutely adore it um but it's one i always forget about and it's not because it's bad it's not because of any reason but I don't know why when I'm thinking of Prince kind of jams that are just kind of not too fast paced not too hard to think about but just kind of do your cleaning to this is the perfect one this sits perfectly in there but I always forget about it and it will come on whether a random playlist or a random bootleg or something it will come on and I'm always reminded of how phenomenal it is as a track and I absolutely adore Adore it So we were talking earlier About um, Listening to things more And us kind of Influence each other In that sense This is going to be One track That I'm going to make A point of incorporating Into my playlists more
1: Yep Oh yeah And It is just such a little Kind of like An air Candy Of just light But still Like still groovy And still fits Uh, It's a positive vibe It's upbeat It's It it's it it, it's positive dare i say and uh, just kind of other tracks that we uh, the two tracks that we've kind of really haven't mentioned yet big fun and hallucination rain hallucination rain oh my god i when I when the when I first listened to this album I thought that that was second for second perfection as a piece of music and then I and then it was one of those things where you, it's like computer blue when you listen to the full length version and you like you go back to the album version and you are kind of like oh it's kind of butchered like why would you even edit this thing I would just put another like that was so that full length version of the hallucination ring is so good I would put on another disc
0: (laughs) it it is true to say that in Chopin's world listeners all Prince albums but especially Prince albums from the 90s should be mm, about a month long
3: yeah exactly <laughs> he's smiling it's funny because it's true
1: <laughs> uh, it's a joint repetition the songs are years long i'm good with that
0: yeah, yeah i yeah. was gonna go a year long but... But, um... but
3: with um with hallucination rain in my notes i've put like g-funk error nate dog it's very much reminds me of nate dog you could argue that you know it's that g-funk error um rap influenced even though it's not a rap if that makes sense it's that chill out kind of vibe to it um but that was what i wrote in my notes
0: i've got to say that's like it suits the sunny t character exactly like, like way more than like say cherry cherry but um I uh uh, and certainly like again love thy will be done just I Sonny just wasn't moldable into anything that Prince wanted him to do especially when Prince wanted him to be like uh, basically I want you to play seven different parts now Hallucination Rain is much more Mm. fits with Sonny's kind of chunky on the kind of it's a good tip for him I like it
1: and that violin solo at the
0: end it's re- it's really a really really nice change of pace that actually adds to the texture of the album and like i just like I, I like that a lot of people can make some sort of bouncy groovy thing a lot of people can't as well but can they also do hallucinate hallucination rain no they cannot
3: and on that note, hallucination rain, in my notes, I had David Boulder was the one who played the electric violin, and he was from the Los Angeles Philharmonic. There Ooh, you go. That is Interesting facts. There,
1: there you go. go. Well, he was toying with a lot of classic stuff around this time because. This is when he was writing, like, Karma Sutra. I mean, even though it came out years later, cool. like, Karma Sutra was being done, I think, around this time, maybe a bit before. And also, uh-huh. you know, we've just had solo with uh, with the harp, like the classic harp. And I think that just, like, you know, classic, in, I think they were, he was, I think he was doing classic music, but not in the regular Claire Fisher, just go away and do sang for me. I think he was trying to kind of be a bit more direct with... Bring that in as an influence
0: well i mean every time we do this i just remember all over again <laughs> i'm just knocked out by the depth of the catalogue even the messy bits even the bits i don't like so much it's all just uh, yeah and i've said this before but no one he said it himself why should i do that when i can do this he said in interviews he didn't know what to do sometimes And by his own admission, and he didn't admit things that freely a lot of the time. But you really get, you you know, when Prince says he doesn't know what to do sometimes, there's a reason for it. When you can do anything, yeah, what do you do? And I'm glad he did Exodus. I think it's to me the most. It's the freest, loosest, and most magnificent sort of folly of the 90s for me i put uh, that this plus the song um days of wild is where i really like him in the 90s more than a lot of other stuff
1: well because i think with something like gold it ended up being so overworked like because so overworked like because the early versions of them were so good like if it had just come out it i think i mean i love the album but it it, it does bear the scars of waiting six months in it, Prince's it, hand uh, and Exodus is kind of a much more direct this is what happens when like, Prince doesn't have a like, you know
0: it, yeah like I say like it's a corrupt hard drive it's a recycle bin it's a clearing house I've done it it's also attempting to be a coherent narrative in a crazy Prince way and it's just a brilliant splash of nonsense from a you know not just nonsense but you know what I mean from A really, really eccentric genius. And I I like it because it's just got such high points. And there you go.
1: And it also, I think it's an album that stuck in Prince's head a lot longer than many might think because when he came around to do new power Soul, he references this album twice mm. first in naming the whole next album after a, you know an instrumental from this album and second of uh second of all uh you know repeating that uh, um get freaky uh let your head bump. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah exactly uh, the big uh, uh big fun and so and also he probably played exodus tracks as much as he played gold tracks you know, when uh, I saw him uh, live uh, on the tour, yeah, especially in the after shows. I mean, because I oh. tweeted about, I tweeted about uh, like a special deluxe, like a, this. If I'm honest, this is the super deluxe that I want. Uh, you know, like- no,
0: no. If you're really honest, you want them all.
1: Oh yeah! I want super deluxe of this. I want every second of you know. He stands outside, pays
3: the rubbing his arm, going, "You got any more of them super deluxe? Uh, I, want, yeah.
1: I want the first day mixes of this without all the overdubs, like those first eight. You know how did it develop? But you know that. Besides the point. But you know there were some incredible live versions of all of these songs played, uh, I, you know, Big Fun, there's some brilliant versions of Big Fun, like just bass jams, Count the Days, Get Wild. Um, I would love to hear their arrangement of The Exodus Has Begun, because apparently they did rehearse it. And I, I can only imagine what a tour base around this would be like. But
0: <laughs> Well, you just enjoy that movie on your head as well, Shokan. We can't have it all... That was a really fun one. That's such a colourful thing to talk about on a cold grey night in January. So thank you, folks.
2: That was probably the the most we've disagreed, but the least we've argued. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, 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 that's a good way <laughs> so, of putting so it. So the therapy's uh, going well, then?
4: Uh, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'm just glad you didn't ask me about Hallucination Rain. Go
1: on, go on, Paddy. Oh, you have No, to say no, now. no, no,
4: no. I don't like it. I, it? It's not my... It, it isn't my thing it, it, you know in terms of uh taste the way it veers no i, I i'll try a bit more but no not for me i find so it a I, bit dull
0: i like the idea of it more than i like i like i like the timbre of it i i it doesn't quite go anywhere that i'd really want it to go i'm half. i'm half in your camp there paddy but again it's a funny album i think leah you said it perfectly we've all ag- we've all taken different bits and we've all agreed or uh, disagreed but like there's something at the heart of this album that there's enough there that it's st- something will stick to you I think
4: yeah. I think the bottom line about this podcast is this is an album that you've got to completely love him to even start discussing it really because well, that's not beg- something that it's not something that um somebody listens to Prince and amongst a load of other pop icons type thing He's going to even be
0: aware of no, me? and partly that's because it's littered with 14 minutes. Of se- right, let's get out of pick.
1: Okay, pick your favorite segue. <laughs> <laughs> None mashed, of
2: them
3: mashed potato, mashed potato girl. That's uh, I, my favorite. I, that's my favorite. I, I will be in restaurants and I will be quoting it. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Sunny T, and he's like, um, hallucination. something, so, yeah, something oh, hit me. Something hit me and I fell and that something was Janelle.
4: My favorite my <laughs> favorite <favourite> segue is <laughs> Ain't No Acid in his this house. Bam! Stop oh. Anyway, I'll leave that. Out. <laughs> yeah,
0: whatever's the shortest
4: one, that's my favorite.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, guys. I am truly, truly, I've lifted, and I'm going to listen to that without, without the segues, just to listen to it as you. Just lift. that, I, just Check
0: that out. first, to second track. All right, let's shut yeah. up, everyone. Let's get out right.
1: of it. Uh, let's let's get out. Let's get out of here. Yeah, and uh, thank you, guys, for listening. Talking about what is one of my favorites. I'm really buzzed. <laughs> yep. Thank Welcome. you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.